0: praise to you, Lord, because we do believe in you. God, we believe in your goodness. We believe in your presence with us. Lord, in this moment, we believe, Lord, in your faithfulness as you have shown over and over again. And Father, I pray that our belief in you would only go deeper now. As we hear from your word, Lord, we have sung your praises, and now I pray that we would listen to what you have to say to us, Lord, and that would take us to a place of deeper, humble, trusting faith in a good God who does amazing things, who is doing things that we cannot see but we will see one day. I pray, God, for deeper faith to come from hearing your word today. And God, you tell us that your word has the ability to cause us to rejoice. And I pray, God, that what we hear today would do that. It would cause that heart that is feeling down. I, I pray, Lord, you would speak directly to that heart and cause it to rejoice. Your word also has the ability to make us wise. And God, I pray for myself, Lord, who daily needs wisdom. I pray, Lord, that you would give that to me. I pray you would give it to my brothers and sisters as well who need it. Lord, will you make us wise? Wise because we are following your word. Wise because we're trusting what it says. Lord, your word has not come by by men. It says that your word came as men were carried along by your spirit. And so I pray we would know and believe your word is is true it's living and active and that it will work in our hearts and our lives in great ways lord as we listen to it and lord do what we are able to do because your spirit is in us obey your word god help us we pray and father i'm grateful that we can pray to you like this because of your son jesus christ who made that possible lord by giving us access to you when he gave his life on the cross God, would you do a great thing and continue to work in us as we continue on now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our ushers are coming up and down the aisle right now, and they are handing out Bibles. And so if you need a Bible, if you put your hand up, they will give one to you. If you don't own the Bible, you can keep it. Uh, When you get the Bible in your hand, uh, you can go to Mark chapter 4. And I heard Jermaine Brown say this at youth, and so I'm just going to steal it. When you get to Mark 4, say amen. When you get to Mark 4, say Amen. amen. All right, Mark 4. So our sermon today is called Trusting God for More Growth. Trusting God for More Growth. There's things all around us in our world, in our life that's growing all the time, but we're just not aware there's lots of things around us that are constantly growing, but we cannot see it. But eventually, we, we see that growth. This is a picture of my third boy. His name is Eiffel. He's right there in the middle. And you can see that he's young. He's got the bib on. I didn't even notice this. It says Friday on it, right? So, and he's being held by his brother Zion. And he's being held because he's so Young, it's hard for him to sort of hold himself up. If Zai was to let him go, Goose would probably just kind of land on his face, and we don't want that. And then you see Rivers there, kind of, you know, just happy to be in the pick, right? So that is Zai, uh, Goose, a few years ago. But here's a picture of Goose now. You see him there rocking his Dr. Kabuki glasses, right? He's, he's grown. He's standing there. He's, he doesn't need help, happy to be in the picture. See, he was growing. We were feeding him, giving him a place to, uh, you know, sleep. We were being faithful in that, but we, we didn't see the growth happening. He just sort of went to bed, and he would come back out of his room a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger, and, and he's now standing there. See, growth was happening even though we couldn't see it. We were being faithful as parents, and as we did that, the growth Was happening. See, the same way Goose Eiffel has grown, the kingdom of God is growing. The same way my son has grown, the kingdom of God is growing even though we can't always see it. The kingdom of God is growing even though we can't always see it. And Here's the main thing I want you to remember today. If you remember nothing from this sermon, or if you only remember one thing, sorry, that's what I'm saying. If you remember one thing from this sermon, I want you to remember some things. If you remember one thing from this sermon, here's the thing I want you to remember. You can't stop kingdom growth because you can't stop the king. You can't stop the growth of the kingdom because you cannot stop the king. And it's so important for us to keep that in our minds. It's so important for us to be aware of that, reminding ourselves of that, especially when we just kind of think of the times that we live in. There's so much pressure. There's so much opposition towards the church. And sometimes it feels like we're losing and all that sort of stuff. But again, you don't trust your feelings in those moments because you can't stop kingdom growth because you cannot Stop the king. So it's important for us to have that in our minds. It's also important for us to know and remember that the church is not the kingdom. The church is part of the kingdom. And the kingdom is growing. Last week we had a message, we heard a message about sowing. And this week we are going to hear another message about sowing, but this has nothing to do with money. Money. It has everything to do with the sowing of the seed of the gospel. Sowing and scattering that seed all around and trusting that as we do that, as we are faithful in doing what God has called us to do, in scattering the seed of the gospel, doing that as an act of faith, as we do that, trusting that as we go, that God is going to give the growth, that we are going to see more growth. See, the Bible talks about sowing in multiple ways. And so as a church, we want to talk about sowing in multiple ways. Yes, we need to sow financially, but yes, also we need to sow the seed of the gospel. We want to be about that. So Mark 4, verse 26, it says, And he said, this is Jesus, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. Here's our first point today. Kingdom growth comes when we do our work knowing it's God's work. When we do our work knowing that it's God's work. See, in the growth of the kingdom, the farmer does his part. He does his part. He scatters the seed all around, and he does it as, as, as an act of faith. He does it in faith. And the way we know that he's doing it in faith is that after he scatters, he goes on to the regular routines of life. He scatters, and then he, he goes to bed. It says that he sleeps and rises night and day. He, he does it as an act of faith. See, the same way the farmer scatters the seed and does his part, we can do our part in our growth. The same way the farmer does his part, we can do our part in our own growth, scattering the seed of the gospel all over our lives. Scattering seed. And we do these things through spiritual disciplines. Engaging, reading our Bible, praying, fasting, doing the spiritual disciplines, gathering with the church like we're doing right now. And encouraging one another, the Bible says, as we see the day drawing near. Serving the church, using the gifts that God has given us. Engaging in evangelism, engaging in mercy and compassion ministry, in, in interacting with other cultures and learning from them. As we do these things, this is, these are the ways we scatter gospel seed over our own lives. And when we do these things, we're obeying what it says in the book of Philippians. In Philippians it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's to be this effort that we put in. That we are, to, we are called to work so that we grow. We play a part in that. And in all this, we've got to remember that part of doing our part includes resting. We are to put effort in. We are to play our part, but we are also to rest. Notice it says that the farmer sleeps. He sleeps. He takes a break. See, God rested from his labors, and now, as his image bearers, we do the same. We rest from our labors. D.A. Carson said this on the issue of rest. He says, If you are among those who become nasty, cynical, or even full of doubt when you're missing your sleep, you are morally obligated to try to get the sleep you need. We are whole, complicated beings. Our physical existence is tied to our spiritual well-being, to our mental outlook, to our relationship with others, including our relationship with God. Sometimes the godliest thing you can do in the universe is get a good night's sleep. Not pray all night, but sleep. Spiritual disciplines obligates you to get the sleep your body Needs. I don't know if you're like me. If I'm lacking sleep, I'm like a bear lost downtown. It just doesn't look good. And so we are to, we are to get the sleep that we need. Our sleep is extremely important. It's, it's part, sleep is part of giving our life a regular and healthy rhythm. Sleep is an act of faith. Sleep is an act of Of faith. It's something that we need. When I lay down to sleep, I am I am trusting and saying, you know what, God, you are sovereign. You are in control. I am not. You you can stay awake all the time. You're awake all the time. I can't do that. I need sleep. It's an acknowledgement of the sovereignty and providential goodness of God. And I lay down and I rest and I say, It's up to you to sustain me and lift my head. We we sleep as an act of faith. We sleep as an acknowledgement to the sovereignty and full control of God, that he is in control, that we are not. Now, maybe you hear me say that about sleep, and you're like, you know, Marv, I'm, I'm tracking with you, brother, but I'm dealing with some real insomnia. I would like to sleep, but it's just it's hard. It's not coming. So I'm not, I'm not against resting but I'm struggling to sleep. You you hear me say all that and you're thinking, what should I do? What should I do if I'm struggling to get the rest, to get the sleep that I need? You pray. You pray. You pray and you ask God to show you what he is doing in you, how he's using this struggle to sleep, how he's using that to make you more like Jesus Christ. You pray and you ask him to show you that. And you pray also and ask God to give you endurance. To give you endurance and strength as you wait on him to answer your prayer for sleep. And then you also pray and ask him to fulfill his promise. You pray and you ask God. If you're struggling to sleep, you pray and ask him to fulfill his promise for sleep. Psalm 127 says he gives to his beloved sleep. You ask God to knock you out. <laughs> right? Bang. He, he pro- you're like, "Bro, you said you're going to do this. Do it." You pray and ask for that. I'm learning so much. I'm reading through the Psalms right now. So much so many times David is like, "God, listen to me." Listen to me. And so and I'm I'm realizing like I can say that to God. In the most respectful, God-honoring way. Listen to me. And so you pray and you ask God. You say, I'm struggling. This is hard. I want to go to sleep. Fulfill your promise. Hear me. I'm calling out to you. Do the thing you promised to do and put me to sleep. And trust and believe he's going to answer in his perfect timing. And you can also ask the church. Call the church to come alongside you and pray with you for sleep. We are to bear one another's burdens, it says. And so we call the church along with us to help us as we wait on God for the answer, to pray with us for this. And so we rest from our part in our growth. And the main reason why we rest from our part in our own growth is because ultimately it's not up to us. We rest from it because it really and truly is God's work. I shared earlier Philippians 2 verse 12, but verse 13 is also important. In verse 12, again, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But verse 13 comes right after that. It says, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I do my part, but I do it as an act of faith. I do my part knowing that ultimately it's not up to me. I do the things that God has called me to do, but I, I, I realize and believe that it's him working in me. He's, it's him working through the things that I do to make me grow to maturity. And so I do the things, but I do them as an act of faith. I do them in trusting that he is going to bring growth in my life life. That it's him, that it's not me. And this reality should help us. This reality should help us in our moments of discouragement. When we look at our life, when we look at ourselves, and when we see that old sin, that old sin shown up again, or we see that habit, that character trait that we were hoping to be gone by now, in those moments, the, the temptation to discouragement is real. The temptation to give in to discouragement is real, but we are seeing here that we don't have to give in to that temptation because no matter how we feel, no matter how much we are struggling, the truth is God is working in us and that his work is so perfect, his timing on everything is so perfect that there is a day coming that as he's working in me, That there is a time coming when that thing, those things will be gone from our lives. That he is going to take us to a place of maturity when we look and see that that thing is not there anymore. See, we've got to understand our growth is progressive. Our growth has a purpose. Our growth is preparing us for something greater. And so we are to be encouraged by this. Not discouraged as we continue and wait on God to do his thing in us. And so this should encourage us, but also, also it should give us patience with other people. The fact that God is working in us should encourage us, but it also should give us patience with other people. This is where I struggle the most as a dad. Because I'm constantly looking at my fellas and thinking they should be at a certain place that's just not realistic for them. And so, and so I, I get frustrated sometimes because I'm like, why do you keep doing that? But, uh, but it, the problem's not them, it's me. That I have an unrealistic expectation. And maybe when you look at your life, you're, you do that to other people. That you're looking at them and you're expecting certain things that are just not realistic for the, for the place and the time that they're actually in. And sometimes I look and I'm just like, what's going on here? And God's like, Marv, I gave you these four boys and everything like that because I am actually trying to work patience in you. And so you're like frustrated with them, but think about what, you, look, think about what it's like for me to shepherd you. I'm like, oh, Yeah. Right and so it should it should make us not frustrated and angry and short and mean and callous to the people in our lives. It should make us pray for those people. It should make us gentle with them. It should make us treat them as they are human beings with dignity and worth. We we are to look at them and be frustrated and angry. We are to look and pray and say, there's things going on in you that I cannot change. Only God can change that. Only God can do that. And so instead of choosing anger and frustration i'm going to choose prayer i'm going to choose grace i'm going to choose to pray for you and humbly trust that god is going to do his work in you and i'm going to remember that there's lots of things within me that need changing and that god is working on me and so when we do that it takes us to a place of gentleness of humility and grace with other people It's God's work to grow us. It's also God's work to grow his kingdom. Verse 27 says, he sleeps and rises night and day. And the seed sprouts and grows. And he knows not how. Kingdom growth happens, but it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It says he knows not how. How the farmer's scattering, he's doing his thing, and he, he but he he sees the growth, but he doesn't know how it came to be. He knows something was going on beneath the surface, but he can't fully explain it. And this highlights that the farmer is actually not the cause of the growth, that he's not the cause of the growth. Verse 28 says the earth produces by itself. First the blade then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. By itself, that phrase is important. The Greek word here is the word automate. That's where our word automatic comes from. See, when when we spread the seed of the kingdom, which is the gospel, when we spread that around, it automatically starts growing. It has power within itself. It's not dependent upon us. It's spontaneous. It starts sprouting right away. Another way you can translate this is the earth produces without visible cause. Or the earth produces because it's affected by God. I like that translation because it's getting to the point that Jesus is making. That kingdom growth belongs to God. God, God is the one that is making it happen. He is the one who is responsible for it. And by his wise and good providence, though we can't always see it, he is doing it. See, it's right when Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth He who plants and he who waters are one, and the earth will receive his wages according to his labor. And there's an important lesson in there for us. Notice that he says, it's God who gave the growth. Then he says, neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. And that's where the lesson comes from. There's a real temptation for us to worship the planters and the waterers, the people doing the seeding. To look on the people on platforms like this and, and put our worship and our praise there. That's not where it's supposed to go. Anybody who's standing up here is just being a faithful servant who has a particular gift given to them by God. And then God is attending to that gift. And they're just serving the church in the ways that God has called them. There's nobody up here who's better than anybody in the chairs. And so our worship is not to go to them. We thank God for laborers in the harvest. We thank God for people who are, who are scattering the seed, who are watering it. But we don't worship those people. We don't put our praise there. Our praise goes to the one who made the scatterers, the planters, the waterers. We praise God. He is everything. He is the one who gives the growth. All of our praise goes to him and him Alone, Because it's him working. Notice also that the seed grows from a blade, then to a full grain. Verse 28 again says, the earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then a full grain in the ear. See, there's order to kingdom growth. There's order to kingdom growth. It takes time. And nothing is hurried. Nothing is skipped over and nothing can delay it. It's going to happen because God is always faithful to do his work and he calls us and gives us the privilege of partnering with him in the work. And part of partnering with him means we have to be faithful in doing our part. God is going to be guaranteed to be faithful to doing his part, the question we've got to ask is, are we being faithful to doing our part? In all the places that God has us on our daily, as we go through our life, are we being faithful in scattering the seed of the gospel because that's what he calls us to do? And we do that in faith, waiting humbly, trusting in him that he is going to give more growth. We humbly wait in faith, that we will see, as we are faithful, we can be faithful in all these things. That we are going to see the results of his great work. See, kingdom growth has a progressive nature to it. And so we have to wait to see it. See, in one sense, the kingdom is here. That's why Jesus says, in Mark, in Mark chapter 1, he says, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is here. At hand, repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom in one sense is here. It's present and growing because God is changing hearts. God is changing lives. God is saving people every single day. And so the kingdom is growing. And Jesus who said this is the one who made all of that possible. Because after saying this, he went on to give his life, his perfect life, on the cross. He died in our place, and in doing that, he made it possible for us to enter into the kingdom of God. So the kingdom is here in one sense. It's present and growing, but the kingdom is also coming. There's an already and there's a not yet aspect to the kingdom of God. God and it's here, but we are waiting for it and we are to wait patiently for its coming. Here's our final point today Kingdom growth comes when we are patient, waiting for God's fulfillment. When we are patient, waiting for God's fulfillment. Verse 29 says, But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. As soon as the grain is ripe, the farmer puts in the sickle. He reaps, the text says, because the harvest has come. And notice that he does it at once. See that there? Verse 29, but when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle. It's immediate. There's no hesitation. The, the, the gather time is Here, See, the harvest coming is actually a a picture of the coming kingdom of God. Growth is happening beneath the surface. Although we cannot see it, the kingdom of God is growing, but one day it will be seen by all people. David Garland said... We can be certain that God's kingdom is at work in the world in ways we do not know and in a manner that is not subject to empirical verification or mathematical formulation. The process that is taking place will reach its goal. But the harvest cannot happen until the grain is ripe. The farmer does not put the sickle in before it's Time In the same way, the kingdom will not come in all of its fullness until the time is right. This is what the, the disciples when they, and the crowds, when they heard Jesus telling this, this is what they had to wait for, and this is what we have to wait for. This is what we have to wait patiently for. But waiting is hard. Waiting is hard. Humans aren't naturally patient people. Right, I sometimes, I start to think, you know what, I'm, I'm starting to get this patience thing. Like I would start to feel like, yeah, I'm growing in patience. Then I go to my doctor's office. <laughs> and it's nope. Right, somebody comes and then they get in before you. And I'm like, wait a minute, I was there before, I was here before that person. So what's going on? And you kind of want to go and ask the lady at the counter, but I don't go because I'm like, maybe she'll come to church and, Hey, that was the impatient pastor from last week. It's kind of ducking. Right? Kim, Kim went to the dentist one time and we were waiting really long and then she gets inside and the, the lady goes, oh, your husband's a pastor, right? He can wait. Like, no. But I never said any of that. We are not... Naturally patient, and our culture even knows this about us. That's why we have drive-through banking. That's why Netflix uploads all of the episodes to those new shows. They know we don't like to wait. Amazon Prime, thriving. Why? Because we are now, people. I want it now, immediate, now, 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 now. We are can-I-have-it-yesterday, people. But with the kingdom, with the coming of the kingdom, we have to Wait. We have to be patient. James 5. James 5, 7 to 8, it says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. God is Coming, The day is coming, and when the Lord comes, we will see the kingdom in full. Jesus tells his disciples this parable because he wants to encourage patience in them, and also because he wants to encourage patience in us. He also does it to comfort them and give them confidence. He tells it to comfort them and give them confidence. He wants them to know that in the moments when they feel like their faithful efforts is making no difference, when it feels like they're losing, he wants them to know in those moments they don't have to trust how they feel. That even though they feel that way that they can be confident that God is working in amazing ways that they cannot see, but there's a day coming where they will see it. That he is working. And so they need to be faithful in the middle of the rejection, in the middle of the persecution, in the middle of the suffering. They need to be faithful scattering the seed because kingdom growth belongs to God. And you can't stop kingdom growth because you cannot stop the. You can't stop kingdom growth because you can't stop the. You can't stop kingdom growth because you can't stop the. Say it like you mean it. You can't stop kingdom growth because you can't stop the. Come on, that's right. You can't stop the king. God is working. And the same way they had to be faithful, we can be faithful. Scattering the seed, watering it, weeding it, and doing our part. And yes, we will face persecution. Yes, there will be opposition. Yes, suffering comes with that. But when that happens... When that happens, if that happens, we can't forget that something powerful, something amazing is going on even though we can't always see it. In those moments, we are not to trust our feelings. We continue to scatter. We continue to serve faithfully and in confidence that God is working. He is working. Uh, Ted earlier this week Shared this Warren Wearsby quote with me. He said it was true, so then I googled it. it says, the harvest. You didn't catch that. <laughs> Warren Wearsby said, the harvest is not at the end of the meeting. It's at the end of the age. Think about that. The harvest is not at the end of the meeting. It's at the end of the age. See, the harvest doesn't come after another faithful, powerful, good night at Awana. The harvest doesn't come after Phil gives another good and powerful sermon at youth. The harvest does not come after some faithful evangelism at the market. The harvest does not come after a good small group time. The harvest comes at the end of the age, but the harvest is coming. It's guaranteed. See, on this, we have to adopt the long view. That God is working, even though we can't always see it. Growth his is happening, and the grain is going to get ripe. Right. And that at the perfect time, God will put the sickle to it. And so we can go with Confidence. The kingdom is present and growing, whether we see it or not, and it will be made visible one day. We will see God ruling and reigning over all of it, and we will be there singing his praise for all eternity. We will be right where we were meant to be. We will be with him. I love this quote from Mark Strauss says God is in charge of human history and he will bring the kingdom uh, of God to its destined goal. No human action or opposition can change that. Confidence should come from that. No human action or opposition can change that. Yes, I said there will be opposition. Yes, Satan is working in ways that we don't Always, no, he is working, but he's he's doing his thing from a place of defeat. He cannot stop what God is doing in the world. Nothing can stop the growth of God's kingdom. And so we do it, we do our part with confidence, but also with comfort that God is with us in it. See, this is why. This is why we pray and read our Bibles. This is why we engage in spiritual disciplines. Because when we grow personally, the kingdom of God grows. This is why we are doing ministry in the city of Mississauga and want to do more ministry. Because when our church grows, the kingdom grows. This is why we're planting a church in T.O. Because when this church multiplies, the kingdom of God grows. When we take steps of faith. Trusting God for more, he does amazing things. And though we don't always see it, we will see it. And he does all of this for his glory. All for his glory and for our good. And though we have to wait, it will be made visible one day. We will experience the blessing, the joy, the renewal of being in God's kingdom. You can't stop kingdom growth because you cannot stop the That's right. Kingdom growth is happening even though we can't always see it. Let's pray. Father, we Lord acknowledge that you are doing amazing and special things, Lord. I saw that even when I woke up this morning from last night. Lord, that you are working in ways that we can't even imagine. And that's because, Lord, you are faithful. You are faithful to your promise. You are faithful, Lord, to do things for your sake and for the sake of your your name. And, God, also because you are faithful to do things for our sake. You care about us, Lord. And you call us, God, to take steps of faith trusting you for more trusting God that you will do amazing things as we walk with you faithfully and so I pray you would help us Lord to do our part in our own growth trusting and knowing that you're doing your part and I pray you to help us God to do our part in scattering the seed of the gospel trusting and knowing that you are doing your part and that we are going to experience and see all of it And, Lord, that there is a day that we will see you glorified, exalted, Lord, lifted high, that we will get to sing your praise, because we will be entering in those moments for, for joy for all eternity. God, thank you that you are doing these things. Help us, Lord, not to trust our feelings, but to trust your word, to trust what you are saying to us. Help us, Lord, to be people of faith.